Hi, I'm Dan for Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, here to share the easiest way to buy tires. Come to Dobbs. With the best tire brands and the biggest inventory, you'll get your tires the same day at the lowest price, guaranteed. Next time you need tires, get into Dobbs. This is Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast, powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac. Welcome into the show. This is Danny Mac. Scoops with Danny Mac. My name is Dan McLaughlin. Uh, we do have some breaking news this morning. This just came out four minutes ago, as a matter of fact. Might have been the worst kept secret in hockey, but the Blues have made it official that Ryan O'Reilly has been named the 23rd captain in team history. Vladimir Tarasenko, Braden Shen, Colton Pareko will serve as the assistant captains. Uh, Armstrong said, quote, we are pleased to announce Ryan as the captain of the St. Louis Blues. Ryan, along with Vladimir, Braden, and Colton will have our full support as we move forward. Ryan's work ethic on and off the ice and his commitment day in and day out is second to none. That is from head coach Craig Berube. He leads by example with how hard he works during practices and our games, and he relays the right message from our coaching staff to the entire team. Ryan O'Reilly is 29. He'll begin his third season with the Blues, 12th season in the National Hockey League. He's already won the Stanley Cup, the Conn Smythe, the Selkie, in his short tenure with the Blues. He'll don the C for the first time, by the way, in his career. He has played in 804 NHL games, 153 of those with the Blues. And, of course, it's one of the great trades in Blues history. Uh, Ryan O'Reilly traded uh, back, it was, I guess, July 1st of 2018. It was for Tage Thompson, Vladimir Saboka, Patrick Berglund. First round pick in 2019, second round pick in 2021. Tarasenko beginning his ninth season with the Blues after being selected in the first round of the 2010 draft. He's been an assistant captain for the past four seasons. Braden Chen, he's only 29, begins his fourth season in St. Louis after coming in in the deal with uh, Yuri Laterra and uh, the Philadelphia Flyers. And Colton Pareko, I like this one, 27. Colton is only 27 and begins his sixth season in St. Louis after being drafted by the Blues third round in 2012. So once again, uh, Ryan O'Reilly officially named the 23rd captain in St. Louis Blues history. Tarasenko, Shen, Pareko will serve as the assistant captains in 2020 and 2021. Congratulations to uh, Ryan O'Reilly. Speaking of hockey, before we get to some baseball, we did hear from uh, Alexander Steen, the official announcement last week. Yesterday, held a press conference to talk about his retirement, and he knew it was time to retire. There's definitely times where uh, you think that this is what the outcome is going to be, but you're kind of hopeful that it's not. But um, I don't know when the exact, there's no like exact day or, or anything. I think when that decision was made, it was just something that I had good contact with our team doctors and, um, you know, our management with Army and, and everybody. And, um, you know, just talking about uh, how I was progressing, if I was, and things I was dealing with um, in everyday life. And uh, ultimately, uh, I just couldn't get my body to respond the way I had been able to before. He'll go down as one of the great blues. Remember, it all started in 2008, and he was a part, a major part of the Stanley Cup champions. What about his thoughts on his legacy in St. Louis? There's a line, something in a um, book about the All Blacks, says that they want to leave the jersey in a better place than when they got it. 
And I think that's something over the last few years that I've tried to keep in the back of my head to keep pushing that forward. And, you know, together with everybody I've played with and, and the organization, it's a, it's a group effort. You know, with the alumni, what they have done before we got the jersey and to, you know, when you come to an organization like St. Louis, there's when I came, there wasn't a championship here, but there was there's plenty of history and a lot of people that have done a lot of things that we're in the position we're in right now to be able to win, to have the opportunity to win the Stanley Cup. And they moved it forward. And I think as we played now with our groups, we wanted to push it forward and move it forward. And I think that's maybe what when people look back at my time here in St. Louis, that that we were able to do that. That's what stood out to me. Talked about it with Randy in the 7 o'clock hour. His quote, leave the jersey in a better place than when I got it. And he certainly did that. Number 20, Alexander Steen. And you may have heard the conversation we had with his dad last week. He was very emotional about this when he knew that his son was retiring. And he talked about the conversation he had with his dad and his family about stepping away from the game. The conversation with my dad was good. It's been with everyone, uh, both my parents and my wife's family and, and my kiddos has been more in, informing and letting them know as opposed to, you know, there's not much uh, for them to really weigh in on the decision or anything like that. But I think they're, they're all excited to get me healthy again. And, and um, you know, I think the, the emotion part is, is more from, it's been a big part of your life for a long time and, and um, you know, that definitive point when you're not going to be able to do those things anymore is, is a little tough to swallow. And um, Yeah, so it's it's been all right. Well, that's Alexander Steen from yesterday. This morning we had Darren Pang. Great to hear his voice. He's back in the fold with Fox Sports Midwest. January 13th, they will drop the puck. January 3rd, the Blues start training camp. And you think about it, a lot of guys have gone. Uh, now Steen. Bowmeister, Petro is with the Knights, so it's a different looking team, but still the main question for me that I asked Darren about was goaltending. Got a shortened season. There's going to be a lot of pressure on the backup. We haven't seen Billy Huso. Obviously, Darren has. And can also Jordan Bennington bounce back after what was a poor showing inside the bubble not that long ago? You put an inexperience in the backup position uh, at a crucial time uh, knowing that you're going to play a lot of back-to-back, maybe even back-to-back-to-back Dan. So, you know, your number one guy um, out of a 56-game schedule, let's say he gets into 40 starts, that's 80 points. You're back up, and no, you're not going to win 40 of them, but let's say you're you, let's 30 and 30 times 2, 60. You know, your backup guy's got to come in and, 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 and not just play, not just not just fill a void. He's got he's to come in and win. So I'd love to tell you that it, that that's you know going to go perfectly, but I don't know that. But what I can tell you is after watching Billy Huso for you know three good training camps in a row um, and seeing his development last year, Dan, I, he's ready for this position. Um, but being a starter and being a backup are, are really two different personalities, and I'm 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 just hopeful that he comes in, uh, ingratiates himself. Uh, you know, gets himself in that on that ice during practice and and doesn't leave and doesn't complain and just does his stuff. And from all counts, that's what he's all about, Dan. So I think I think he'll win the players over that way. Which means I'll get to that next point. You have to win the players over if you're the backup guy because they they have to go to bat for you. They have to want to do everything for you. They want to block that shot on the last you know three minutes of a game because they 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 love you 
well, then that's what you've got to do to make sure that uh, that they do that for you. Because that, after all, is, is in the last couple of years is what Jake Allen had done. But Jake Allen could go out there and get a quality start and win one nothing in a business building. So I think there's still uncertainty as to how it's going to work. Um, but I, I do believe that this is his time, Billy Huso's, uh, to prove that it was him that was going to get called up a couple of years ago and not Jordan Bennington. And that's what it was going to be, except he had a high ankle sprain. So, um, But with Jordan Bennington, he's got to be motivated. I mean, he's he, he, he had a good regular season, and he had a, a poor bubble, and now he's uh, got to turn that around, and I think he's highly motivated to do that. I know that you've lost Petro. That's big. How does Krug fit in? Guys getting the A and moving up. Colton Pareko, I think, is going to have a fantastic year. Uh, but to me, the number one question going in, Jordan Bennington. Can Jordan Bennington be the goalie that you saw prior to the bubble? And I throw the bubble out. A lot of a lot of guys had bad bubbles. Um, but when you're the goaltender, it's magnified. So he's got to be better. And I think he will. He's also highly motivated to be going into the final year of his deal. There was some college basketball last night. Mizzou squeaks by against Bradley. Three-point range. They shot three of 21 overall 25 percent from the floor now they did have 10 days off between the bragging rights game bradley came in with the nation's third best field goal defense inside the arc so that was something they had to deal with at one point it was ugly mizzou was 0 for 11 bradley missed 17 of 19 shots doesn't matter they won the game slew kansas city tonight Kansas City is 4-4. Four and four. The Ruse, they play in the Summit League. You can see that game on Fox Sports Midwest. A couple things I'm watching. Fred Thatch, he's coming off 11 points, 8 rebounds against Minnesota. May see a lot of him tonight. I would assume that SLU dominates this game. Those guys that are the second wave for Travis Ford to get a chance to play. SLU's been shooting free throws much better. They're better than 70% from the free throw line, and that's something we haven't talked about in a number of years considering uh, St. Louis U. Hey, Danny Mack, heard you on with Randy. Uh, Don't you think Gorman, this is from the 314, coming up to the majors is all contingent on how good or Matt Carpenter does. That's part of it. That'll definitely be part of it. But he is, Nolan Gorman, folks, is, what, 20 years old, won't be 21 until May. He's 20 years old, so you got to be really careful with those players in terms of overexposing them if they're not ready. Plus, you start their clock. If Matt Carpenter isn't playing well, there are other options potentially. Tommy Edmond can move to third. You got Amanda Sosa, who's out of options. He's going to have to stick. He could play third, short, or second. You have the injury factor, but I'm just thinking about solely Norlin Gorman. You got to be careful with that. But if he's ready, yes, you bring him up. And if Carpenter is struggling, those are things to think about. We'll get to more text maybe later in the show. I always love uh, visiting with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com, and he's coming up next. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. It is always great on a Wednesday to visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And Brian has been kind enough to join us just a couple of days in front of Christmas. Happy holidays, sir. How are you? I'm doing great, Dan. We're getting all the articles on the site queued up, so we'll have new content on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and all the way uh, through the new year. It's amazing. We're in a pandemic, and we had a shortened season. We didn't have a minor league season. You cover the minor leagues inside and out. 
and yet you're still writing every single day. Baseball just doesn't stop, does it? No, it doesn't. And even though there was no baseball, there was, of course, still the summer camp in St. Louis, the alternate camp in Springfield. And while media wasn't uh, directly involved, there was still enough news going on. And, you know, we found after the season that uh, the scouts across the game had access to the various alternate camp uh, uh, reports that the various organizations and film that the various organizations provide. So as we did our, our prospects list, you know, we were able to talk to some scouts who actually saw, you know, some of the, the, the solid young Cardinals prospects who were pitching and playing in the alternate camp, even the ones who didn't get to St. Louis. I'm going to get into your top 50 list and you're in your top 10 in just a moment, but uh, I want to get into some of the news of the week. We'll start with Memphis and their ownership group. Now it is with the Cardinals, but Randy Boyd, um, is that important? What does that mean to you? You wrote about it on the site. Who is Randy Boyd? Well, first of all, the the original ownership of the Memphis Redbirds was a was a community group, a nonprofit, and they got into financial trouble because they spent so much money on AutoZone Park, they weren't unable to, to keep up with the bond payments. And so the the St. Louis Cardinals stepped in. I'm talking about mid decade. St. Louis Cardinals stepped in and you know helped out as well as the city of Memphis with the ballpark. And then, you know, got the, got the team on financial good footing. And then uh, Peter Friend is a uh, gentleman who bought primary ownership of the team. The Cardinals maintained a minority stake. Now, Randy Boyd uh, is the current president of the University of Tennessee. He ran the company that operated the Johnson City Cardinals, as well as several other teams in the Appalachian League. And so Randy Boyd uh, has stepped up and has purchased a minority stake in the Memphis Redbirds. So he will be part of the ownership team along with, with friend and the Cardinals and the, uh, and the president of the team as well has a, has a minority stake. So, and part of that announcement was that the Cardinals are, you know, the announcements of, of the Cardinals, um, you know, keeping their four top minor league affiliates was a 10 year agreement to continue the relationship with the Memphis Redbirds. So we know that the Cardinals uh, will be in Memphis for the long haul. And uh, it looks like this ownership group is a very solid, stable group, and they should be in place a long time as well. And that should mean hopefully a lot of success. Fans are waiting on the major league side for some kind of movement of a big name. Now they did get a couple of names, Jose Rondon, Max Moroff. Uh, We've seen Max before in the NL Central with Colton Wong gone, they need some depth in the minor leagues, too, with middle infield. And I'm assuming that's more of a depth move with the uh, with the minor leagues. What do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, if we look at the changes that have occurred in the organization since the end of last season, of course, everybody's familiar with Colton Wong leaving and, and Brad Miller, who was primarily a designated hitter, but, you know, by trade is a, is a middle infielder. And then, um, you know, as the as the season neared its end, the Cardinals tried to slip Max Schrock through waivers and he got picked up by the Cubs. So now they lost three middle infielders and you know, there, there isn't really the depth in the high level of the minor league system. So they signed not only, um, Maroth, who you mentioned already, but also Jose Rondon, who's an interesting guy in that, you know, he has some uh, prior major league experience, 27 years old, um, and, uh, came up with San Diego, but also had some time, with the White Sox and can and the Orioles as well. So, you know, he can play all the positions uh, in the, in the middle infield, but like a lot of these guys, same with Maroth, he doesn't have a plus bat. So, you know, I think the Cardinals want to have somebody have guys come into camp who can compete with Edmundo Sosa, who's the presumed leader for the reserve infield spot that's, that's opened up on the team. 
and uh, both Rondon and Marab, you know, have a chance to come to camp as non-roster invitees. And, you know, they get hot and play well, they can make the team. But, again, the challenge is that Edmundo Sosa, as we've talked about before, is out of minor league options. So they can't send him down to Memphis without exposing him to waivers like they did Max Schrock. And my take is I think that Sosa's thought well enough both defensively and offensively that he probably wouldn't clear. So, um, you know, I, I still think we, even with these new guys coming in, Sosa has to be the, the favorite on paper heading into camp. Am I seeing this wrong, Brian? But I am, I'm really high on Sosa, uh, maybe more so than others. Now, I thought he had a really good camp, and this time last year he started showing power in winter ball. He can flat-out pick it. He might be your best defender you have in the organization on the infield. That includes at the major league level. I'm really high on this guy. I'm not saying he's going to be a starter and he's going to be an all-star, but he's capable, and and that's something that they need to have. They need to have a guy come off the bench in late-inning situations, and and let's just say there's no DH or double-switching, whatever. He's the kind of guy that can help this team. And Sosa was a guy that, you know, he's been in the system so long. There's you You hear the term prospect fatigue. Sosa has been a prospect, I don't know how many, I can't remember now, like seven years, something like that. Right. You know, he's, he's just, we're, you know, we're kind of tired, some of us, you know, you're kind of tired of waiting for Sosa to finally break out. But in his defense, he did make the team out of camp last year, as you mentioned. Yeah, the roster was expanded, but still, Sosa, you know, played well enough to make the team. But unfortunately, he got sick, and, you know, then, you know, everything went downhill from there. And he, we don't know for sure, because, of course, there are HIPAA issues and all where, you know, we don't get all the details, but... Sosa must have been in a relatively weakened state because we kept seeing Schrock get called up every time they needed an infielder, and Sosa never even got a chance. And I think, you know, given his history, his pedigree, and the fact that his options were running out, I would think if Sosa was, you know, in anywhere near 100%, he would have got a look in St. Louis last year. So, you know, it's unfortunate for him that he lost that year, but it's fortunate that he has what's called a fourth minor league option. Uh, which you know gave the Cardinals one more year, but this is going to be a huge camp for Edmundo Sosa to step up and, and either claim a major league job or potentially, you know, he might find himself uh, in another organization. There's some other news of this past week. Uh, one of the big uh, names I, I think potentially could have been for the Cardinals bullpen coming off of Tommy John, a name that is very familiar to Cardinal fans. John Brebbia, he signs with the Giants. He got a major league deal. If he were to come back on a minor league deal, different story for the Cardinals, but he gets the major league deal a couple of days ago. They have a lot of pitching. The Cardinals do. So what do you think about Brebbia now going to San Francisco? I was disappointed to see it happen. I understand from the business perspective, uh, John Brebbia's salary wasn't going to be great. Uh, you know, the estimates were 800000 is what he would have gotten via arbitration, and that's reportedly what the Giants are paying him. And so that's not an amount that would break the St. Louis Cardinals one way or the other. It seemed to be that the issue was the roster spot. Right now, the Cardinals have three openings on their roster spot, and you can easily uh, three openings on their 40-man roster, and you could easily see those go to Wainwright, Molina, and you know the mystery designated hitter that they might sign. And so, you know, bringing Brevia back would have taken a roster spot during the season. You can have an injured player and you can put him on the 60-day injured list and, and reclaim that spot. But in the offseason, you can't do that. Brebby had Tommy John surgery last summer. Now, he's saying in his rehab that he's making very good progress. And he his expectation was that he would be ready to go. Now, the other factors to keep in mind is that while everything public is, Major League, you know, Major League season is going to start at the beginning of April, there's a lot of talk, pretty loud whispers, that the season might be delayed at least a month. And if so, that gives even more time for Brebby to be ready. In his case, I mean, he was the best. He was the best relief pitcher on the Cardinals in 
in uh, in 2019, in my opinion. And you and by and I looked at the numbers. You can go to the Cardinal Nation and read the story I wrote about it. So it wasn't just an off the top of my head thing. But the the point is, Brebbia has just reached arbitration eligibility. He has three years of major league service, so that means he could be under team control for 2021, 2022, and 2023 before he can become a free agent. So what the Cardinals have done basically is given up three years of the service of John Brebbia. And yes, the Cardinals have a lot of pitching. That's their strength. But guess what? If they go out and make some trades to strengthen the team, they're going to trade from their strength, which is pitching. And as you know, that it's a tired axiom, but you can never have enough pitching. And it just seems to me they could have found a way maybe lopping somebody else off the back end of the roster to keep John Brebbia. Now we'll see. Obviously his performance, his results in San Francisco, not only this year, but potentially the next two years will answer the question as to whether it was a good deal or bad deal. But I was sorry to see John Brebbia go. Hey, Brian, if you could stay with us through the break, there's uh, some of the guys I want to get to on your top 50 list of the countdown of the top 50 prospects in the Cardinals organization. And in particular, Gorman, Thompson, Liberator, but really interesting comments from Mike Schild with Nolan Gorman. And if you could stick through the break, I would appreciate it. I want to tell you about Saliga, folks. They've been doing business out of the same location on Gravois since 1927. They're celebrating over 93 years in business. They are a fourth-generation family-owned business currently run by Dan Saliga. Dan and his team pride themselves on great customer service, 100% satisfaction guarantee. The weather, it's cold outside. You turn on that furnace, you find that it's not working or not working efficiently, give Dan a call right now. Saliga is offering 36 months, no interest financing on any new furnace. 72 months, no interest financing on all new systems. Plus, they have American Standard rebates and Amron rebates. Saliga Heating and Cooling, the air quality expert. They have a special going on right now just for our listeners of 101. Ask for the Danny Mac Daddy indoor air quality special. All you have to do, basically, mention my name, Dan McLaughlin, Danny Mac, or the Danny Mac Daddy indoor air quality special. You get duct cleaning, air scrubber, humidifier, blower wheel cleaning, all at Saliga. Call them today, 314-481-7333, 314-481-7333, or visit SaligaHeatingAndCooling.com. Saliga Heating and Cooling, an independent American standard heating and air conditioning dealer. More of what you want to hear. Scoops with Danny Mac in podcast form on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to 101 ESPN. This is Dan McLaughlin, Scoops with Danny Mac. Every Wednesday, we visit with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com. And on his site, he is counting down the top 50 prospects. He's now in single digits. And we'll get to that in a moment. But, Brian, I, I want to, and thank you for sticking through the break. I, I wanted to get into this. Mike Schilt had his annual meeting with the media last Friday, and he did talk about, it was about an hour-long conversation with the media, but he did get into some of the top prospects of the Cardinals. What stood out for you? Yeah, I, I had the opportunity to ask Schild, uh, Mike Schild about the players who impressed him most in the alternate camp. Um, and, you know, he wasn't there, obviously, but Schild is a player development guy through and through. And let's face it, he had to keep an eye on what was going on down there because he ended up using so many of those players to get them through that grind of 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 double headers. And, you know, first of all, show was very, very, very complimentary about the staff from Jose Okendo on down and the, and the medical folks who, you know, kept everybody healthy and on the field. But the guys that he singled out, Mike Schilt, were 
Matthew Libertor on the pitching side and Nolan Gorman on, on the hitting side. And he said in the case of both of those guys that they are, you know, they have the skills that they could play in the major leagues today. Now there's some more finishing work to do and there's not the space right now, but you know, he was sending the signal that those two guys, you know, potentially could contribute in St. Louis in 2021. Now we know, we know that, that there's been a lot of talk about Libertor that he could advance that quickly, especially if he gets worked in, you know, his first year as a reliever, like guys like Carlos Martinez did and uh, Dakota Hudson. So, you know, it's something that they've done before, even if there's not a rotation spot, you know, get their feet wet and let them compete for a rotation spot the next year. Uh, You know, Gorman moving that quickly would be an interesting call because technically he's never played in double A or triple A, but, Again, we didn't see the, the work he did and, and what he accomplished last summer in alternate camp. So that could be one of those two years right there. He also mentioned Zach Thompson, who's the other lefty on, uh, you know, in the top tier of prospects in the system, and said that Thompson had a very, very good camp as well. But there was one you know, slight concern in that he had a little bit of shoulder soreness early in camp. And that kept him a little bit behind Libertor in what he was able to do. But the word is that that's behind him. But for me, you know, shoulder is a red flag because that's probably the only reason that Zach Thompson is in the Cardinals organization today. He was not expected to fall to number 19 to St. Louis, except for some concerns about some shoulder problems that he had earlier in his career. So the hope is that, you know, and it's going to be really, really interesting. You know, you talked about that pitching depth earlier, Dan. You know, these guys, while they got their regular work in, you know, they didn't throw 150 innings or 120 innings. And so, or, you know, 180 innings. So it's going to be interesting to see how many innings they can ramp, they can all ramp up to pitch. And over the course of the season, I think, hopefully not to the extent that we saw in 2020, but a lot, maybe some more of these guys than usual are going to get their chances to contribute just because of the fact that the minor leagues did not have a, you know, a full regular year last year. And even the major leagues didn't either. The one that caught my attention, and, and you just touched upon it, though, is Nolan Gorman. I mean, Liberator and Thompson, uh, even Mo had said a, a week ago or so, you could see one of those guys, if not both, making it to the major leagues. Gorman, I hadn't really heard that, and you talked about what it would be. It would be an incredible jump to be a, a corner position on the infield and a power bat to make that jump without the competition for what has been now a couple of years, potentially, because of the pandemic. Um, we know Matt Carpenter is in the final year of his deal. You would assume that Gorman is the guy to follow. Uh, I, I find it incredibly interesting that it potentially you could see him at some point this year. We're not saying he is, but maybe potentially. I, I just find that really, really interesting. It, it really is, Dan. And, and, again, we couldn't see what was going on in the alternate camp. But let's remember the caliber of guys that Nolan Gorman had to go up against every day. Right, he had to face the Johan Oviedo's. Right, he and early on in camp, the Hansis Cabrera's. I mean, guys who are major league ready guys. So you know, Gorman, who had you know on paper no experience at Double A even, you know, had to face those guys every day. So for the Cardinals to say that you know he had you know he really stood out that well in camp, but for Mike Schilt to say, hey, he's a guy that you know is you know, has the skills to, to play in the major leagues is a positive thing. We just have to hope, Dan, that, that the minor league seasons can be played as close to normal as possible because, you know, let's face it, inter-squad games aren't the same as the real thing where you're, you know, you're facing that external competition. And so, there are so many unknown questions about both the major league and then, of course, the minor league season as well next year. 
another third baseman that is now in your top 10, and you can go to thecardinalnation.com to see Brian's top 10, is Montero. We talk a lot about Gorman, but what about Montero? Where do you think he is right now? Probably Montero is the most anonymous top prospect in the Cardinal system. I mean, he had such an excellent year in, in 2018, Midwest League Player of the Year, just just a tremendous breakthrough year. And then 2019, he had hand injuries, some fairly serious hand injuries. And for a power hitter, you know, when you, you know, you've got problems with your hands, you're going to have trouble. Went to the Arizona Fall League, got a little more work in. But, uh, you know, again, a guy who, you know, didn't have the opportunity in, in 2020 um, because um, he was tested for and, and tested positive for COVID. And so he missed his opportunity in summer camp to show the big league, you know, coaches that he was ready to go. And, you know, we don't know what happened again, but the, the, you know, the fact is Montero was one of the few guys on the 40 man roster that didn't get a look in St. Louis, but in terms of his skills, you know, a potential power hitter, a really good arm at third base. So some of the talk has been, you know, if Montero was blocked at third base by Gorman in the future, you know, maybe he could move to right field and they could take advantage of his arm. Uh, now, we know Dylan Carlson is a solid outfielder as well, but, you know, it's nice to have options. And at this point in time, at least, I, you know, again, we weren't in alternate camp, so I didn't see if Montero was playing other positions or not, but there's some rumor that, you know, that could be a way that broadening of his defensive portfolio would be a way that Dolores Montero could get to the major league sooner. And so he's going to be a guy we really, really want to watch in 2021. Absolutely. How about Jordan Walker and Mason Wynn as we wrap it up here with Brian Walton of thecardinalnation.com? Well, Mason Wynn, of course, has this tantalizing, you know, dual threat capability. Uh, Solid, solid, exceptional pitcher, but also a shortstop with a lot of tools as well. And, you know, the question is going to be, the Cardinals are saying right now they want to allow him to play both positions. Um, and, and see where it shakes out. In, in alternate camp, he was primarily shortstop, but he did pitch a little bit as well. And it's going to be a challenge because, in fact, I, I even wrote about this, you know, with the, with the new Class A team now in Palm Beach, the next step from the Gulf Coast League is Palm Beach. What happens if when the hitter advances more quickly in his skills and readiness <laughs> than when the pitcher? Yeah. Could you promote him every fifth day to pitch at the higher level and then move him back to take at bats for you know the other four days? There's I don't think there's anything in the rules that could stop that. But at some point in time, unless Win is just exceptional, he's either going to move more slowly than the average player, or he's going to have to make a call one way or the other. Am I a pitcher or am I a shortstop? And that's going to be something that's going to be really really exciting to watch. And how about Jordan? What do you what do you think with him? Again, you know, tremendous power. You know, maybe the best power potential in the system um, is a guy that is tall but is but is uh, extremely agile. Um, still green, of course. We're talking about a guy just out of high school. Uh, and he's a guy that, you know, uh, that according to reports, you know, struggled a little bit in alternate camp. But, again, he's facing guys, like I said, that are, that are major league ready pitchers. And he's, a, you know, he's an 18-year-old just out of high school. So, you know, he'll probably start off in the um, Gulf Coast League and with – uh, and the other third baseman that we didn't talk about, Malcolm Nunez, probably working at Class A. You know, it's going to be really exciting to watch these third basemen, uh, you know, get their feet on the ground coming up through the system. Long term, again, there's question, will Walker stay at third or not? 
but it's, you know, I mean, he hasn't played an official game as a pro, so it's really premature to start talking about that at this point. And, we want to see how his bat advances. Yeah, and you're wrapping up, Brian, as we wrap up our conversation, your uh, your top 50 look at the top 50 prospects at thecardinalnation.com, and uh, I guess folks could go there right now. I'm a subscriber, so I'm, I'm on there all the time. But um, you're, you're wrapping it up, and it'll end on, what, uh, New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Well, the 26th is when number one will be announced. Okay. And then then there's a dozen articles or so that follow where we slice and dice the, the list in a number of ways. We look at by position. We look at the top list by potential. We look at the biggest changes from year to year. Uh, basically, a whole bunch of different ways that we analyze what the top 50 list is telling us. And that'll go on, you know, well into January. Awesome. And the best way to subscribe to your website, how do you do it? And do you have any holiday deals going on right now? Yeah, actually we do, Dan. That's a very nice setup. Thank you very much. Yeah, we have a 10% off deal. And if uh, folks are listening, you know, there's only two days left till Christmas. So if you've got a hard-to-buy Cardinals fan, uh, head over to the website. You get 10% off on a gift subscription uh, for anyone, in fact. If you want to give yourself a gift and uh, sign up for a year, you get that same 10% off. And that will be available until New Year's. So if you get some money, uh, you know, as a gift for the holidays and you want to subscribe to Cardinal Nation, there won't be a better time than now. TheCardinalNation.com. Brian Walton with us every Wednesday. Thank you, sir. Happy holidays. Have a great Christmas. Same to you and your family, Dan. Hey, it's Danny Mack, and I've got to tell you about I promise, IPromise.com. I hate to admit it, but my eyesight, it is getting worse Called some of the baseball games off the monitors this year. When the team was on the road, we were in a studio trying to call those games off of monitors. And my eyes were really tired and strained afterwards from staring at the screens. I also know, hey, my kids, maybe your kids are doing this, spending a ton of time on their phones, their tablets, their computers too, going to school virtually. So I got to tell you about iPromise. iPromise is a local company based in St. Louis, an all-natural product formulated by optometrist, manufactured in the U.S., certified by NSF for purity, and it comes with a 60-day money-back satisfaction guarantee. The Screen Shield product line will help alleviate screen time-related symptoms like those headaches, dry, tired eyes. It can help you focus. I'm taking it. My wife takes it. The family takes it. Screen Shield Pro, Screen Shield Teen. It's been helping us, and it acts as an internal sunblock for your eyes, helps filter out that blue light from all that screen time. So forget the blue light glasses. I promise the number one doctor-recommended eye vitamin, the number one choice of many pro athletes that I've spoken to here in town. There are major colleges and universities having their athletes use it and take it it works if you use the promo code mac as in danny mac m-a-c when you place your order you'll get 50 percent off at ipromise.com that's mac as in danny mac use that promo code visit ipromise.com today more of what you want to hear scoops with danny mac in podcast form on 101 espn Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers, close to home or close to work. For quality tires and expert auto service, you can always count on Dobbs. Alex Ferrario and BK, they're coming up next here on 101 ESPN. BK had a marathon of a day yesterday. The point I had to call Mike Ryder, I said, <laughs> what's going on here? Uh, you know, I don't need to get into personal business, but uh, BK is on for like the 10th hour in a row. I, I love you. I listen to you, but... 
Wow, that was a, that yeah, was a long day. Our listeners were wondering the same thing. <laughs> we got multiple texts that were like, listen, I get it's 2020, but seven hours of BK is just a little too much. It was even great. for 2020. You did a great job. Thanks, man. We did our best. Um, when when our fellow colleagues are in need, we are here to help. So I, I enjoyed doing it with Ferrario. We are uh, we're getting our sea legs here in this midday show, so it was good to be able to do a little bit of extra time together, get some reps as well. So we have some news. No surprise. By the way, at noon, you will hear from Ryan O'Reilly. We'll carry the press conference on your home of the blues on the radio side, 101 ESPN. Ryan O'Reilly is officially, it's the worst kept secret in sports here locally, officially will be named the captain of the blues. And Tarasenko, Pareko, Shen, that was probably the drama around this, who would get the A uh, this season for the blues. So it's Tarasenko, Pareko, and Shen. I'll ask both you guys. Alex, I'll start with you. Uh, you're going to be on these games all the time, and it starts on January 13th. What do you think about the news today? Makes sense. Uh, I mean, again, Dan, it is the worst-kept secret in, in all of hockey, not because Jeremy Rutherford reported it, but because Ryan O'Reilly looked and sounded and acted like a captain from day one when he was acquired from Buffalo. Um, you know, the alternates, you know, you and I had talked about this, Dan, and I think BK and I are getting into it later today. A lot of people question the decisions there, mostly because of Tarasenko being the fact that he's going to be out for at least a month when he's reevaluated in February. But to be honest with you, Tarasenko has been wearing the letter A for the last couple of years, and people don't see it as much, but he's one of those guys that is a leader in the locker room. He's been around for a long time. He's vocal when he needs to be, but more than anything, it's kind of uh, a follow me when I'm on the ice like Ryan O'Reilly. So I think those decisions were smart with the A's of having Shen Pareko and Tarasenko, and I think this is the perfect group of leaders. But as we all hear in hockey, it's a cliche. Letters don't really matter when it comes to leadership. It's what you do and say on and off the ice. And I think the guys that are going to be in that locker room are going to be perfect leaders for this team. I, I think Pareko is going to have a monster year. I, I think when you look at what he's going to be asked to do, different role, Petro gone, unload your shot. I think he's going to have a monster year and takes on a different role with leadership. And now it's official with the A. I think he's going to have a great year. I'm really interested to see what he looks like with Tori Krug. If yeah. that is indeed the partnership that they go with, and even if it's not full time, right, it's very likely they're going to see at least a decent amount of playing time together. I think that could be really good for Pareko. It gives him somebody to move the puck with back there. I, I just think that could go really well for the Blues. So I'm I'm excited to see him. I think these all make sense. I mean, if you look at it, Braden Shin was a no-brainer. That was definitely going to be a guy that got a letter in some capacity. Same thing for Colton Pareko. They've talked all offseason about how he's kind of taking that next step, not only on the ice, but also as a leader within this this locker room as well you fully anticipated that he was going to get the letter. It really came down to, was it going to be Vladimir Tarasenko? Was it going to be David Perron? Do they potentially go with Schwartz? It means a lot to Vladimir Tarasenko to have this letter. And so if there is any risk of potentially losing him, well, then you just give it to him because listen, we all care about this stuff immensely, right? It matters in that locker room. Don't get me wrong. It does matter. But it matters more in terms of potentially losing one of your guys than it would to like make David Perron happy or make Jaden Schwartz happy. Those guys are they're really good clubhouse guys, no matter what. And so you, you want to make sure that you, you keep Vladdy uh, happy and that that this stuff is things that go on inside of the locker room. And so I, I do think that probably at least played a, a small role in this. I, I thought Perron could have been a dark horse. Just, you know, all the times that he's been here, he helps you win the cup. He grew up in front of our eyes. I, I thought that would 
would have been an interesting one. Now, I'm going to go totally outside the box, and you guys are going to cut off my mic and say, you truly are an idiot, and that's okay. Don't say Justin uh, Falk. Yes, I was going to say Justin <laughs> Falk, and here's oh, the reason Dan. why. Here's my Danny reasoning. boy. Here's my reasoning. You have a lot of money tied up into Justin Falk, and the first year that contract does not look good. Mm-hmm. You've got to try to maximize the most you can get out of him. Now, it's going to change on the ice. His role, I would anticipate changes. He was very good in the bubble. I thought he was one of the best blues in the bubble, if not the Agreed. best blue. So why not? Let's say, hey, we're building on that. We we believe in you, man. We be- Don't listen to the expansion draft people. Don't listen to all that stuff. We love you. And by the way, we owe you $45 million. Baby steps, Dan. Yeah, so baby we're, steps. We're giving you the A. Oh, this is big boy time. Forget baby steps. Let's go. I, that would have been my outside-the-box psychology of sports of trying to think outside-the-box with the A. You're not wrong with it, Dan, because Justin Falk did wear the letter A over in Carolina. But to me, Justin Falk is a guy that probably wouldn't want the A. I think Justin Falk right now is going into this season just kind of putting his head down and going out there and saying, I want my work to show what I can offer this team. He's kind of one of those silent guys that doesn't speak a lot in the locker room, kind of like what Jay Bowmeister was. Now, Jay Bowmeister had a lot of games underneath his belt, so when he spoke, people listened. But I think Justin Falk's one of those silent leaders in the locker room as well. I, I loved the idea of David Perron wearing the A. I did too. But he's he-, he reminds me a lot of what Pat Maroon was. He keeps the room light. He's not afraid to be serious when he needs to be serious but he's one of those like key components to a locker room that doesn't need an a to describe what he means to that hockey club so I just think the three guys that they named were three guys that they see as vital leaders moving forward like Tarasenko barring any injury setback is going to be a part of this hockey club in the future Braden Shen's here for the next seven years and Colton Pareko in everyone's eyes could be a next captain so I just think these three were the letters that made the most sense on everybody's thoughts. Hey, look at it okay I just was thinking outside the box I didn't think that they should do it I was just like, I'm rubbing oh, off man. on you Dan I'm rubbing Dan, off is, on you that's okay. what this is I was just thinking outside the box Dan this is no time for hot takes it's Christmas buddy it's okay. Christmas all right okay well, and some have- of us are working tomorrow. Yeah, where are you guys going to be? <laughs> you coming in? Uh, I- I'm uh, working, just not uh, working. Yeah, sure you are. You know, whatever. Yeah. What do you have coming up on the show? <laughs> coming up today, I think we got a good one. Rob Ray is a Sabres TV analyst. He was alongside yeah. for the ride with Ryan O'Reilly in Buffalo over the years. So I want to find out what went wrong in Buffalo when Ryan O'Reilly got the letter, and how do they avoid that here? I don't think it's going to be any sort of an issue. They were losing a lot. I think that's going to be the answer, but we'll get into that with Rob Ray coming up at 1130. You will be joining us coming up at 1215. Illini fans are going to want to tune in for 1 o'clock. We've got Illinois AD Josh Whitman to explain what went into the thought process behind the Brett Bielema hire. We'll get into that coming up at 1 o'clock, and the voice of the Blues, Chris Kerber, at 130. So lots to get into today. All right, guys. Great. Uh, Merry Christmas to you both, and Enjoy it with your families. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And uh, Tanner, great job. And I can't wait to see you at about, oh, let's see, 5.15, about 5.30 tomorrow morning Bright on Christmas. Early tomorrow. Yes, we we'll can't be here. wait to listen to you guys. Can't wait hey, to listen, Dan. We are live and local, fellas. Live Up and local. Up until 11 o'clock tomorrow. That's true. Okay. <laughs> see you tomorrow, everybody. You've been listening to Scoops with Danny Mac, the podcast powered by I Promise. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. 
You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.